boldly into the throne of grace in the time of need. Hallelujah. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be afraid. All we have to do is confess Him. Confess our sins before Him and He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. One more time, would you lift your hands? Thank you, Jesus. God is wanting to do something deep with somebody's heart. Would you just let Him? Would you just throw up your hand and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, I surrender my heart. I surrender my soul. Everything that I am, Jesus, I give you. Hallelujah. Surrender under the mighty hand of God. Lord, I may not be worthy. Lord, Lord, I may not be, oh Lord, perfect or complete, God. But you are perfect and you are complete. And my weakness is made strong in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Here I am, Lord. Take me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't ever want to quench the Spirit of God. The Bible warns us against that. Every time we come into the presence of God, God wants to do something. And I don't want to be guilty of quenching His Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to be speaking this morning on the image of God. The message is going to be called uh, In God's Image, and we're following the the series of first principles, and uh, we're going to be t- continuing our conversations about uh, the creation and... and uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Genesis, the first chapter, verses 26 to 27. Verse 26. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the flesh, fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. We also turn to 1 Corinthians 15th chapter, verses 45 through 49. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 45 through 49. If you're there, say amen. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is of the Lord from heaven. As is earthly, such are also they, or such are also that are earthly, and as the he, as heavenly, such are they that are also that are heavenly. And as 
we have borne an image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Would you lay your Bibles down? Let's pray unto the Lord and ask Him to speak to our hearts this morning. We thank You, Lord, for Your presence. We thank You for Your power. We thank You, Lord, for the Word of God, O Lord, which is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. We thank You, O Lord, for Your Spirit, O Lord, the quickening of Your Spirit. We ask, Lord, that You would minister to our hearts and our spirits this morning in the name of Jesus, and we will give You all the praise and all of the glory in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time? Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing, being obedient to the Holy Ghost. Praise God. It's good to see Brother Rogers this morning. It's good to see you, brother. And, uh, praise God. Uh, uh, we all know the story of the Snow White uh, where the evil witch... Uh, Evil Queen rather says, "Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the uh, who's the fairest of them all?" So goes the line of the Snow Line, a classic uh, children's fairy tale, and not much different uh, from the Evil Queen. Uh, many in our modern culture are obsessed with their physical appearance, with with how they look, with how they dress, with how how nice of cars they have and, and all of the physical uh, appearances in, in their life. And one of the daily necessities of, uh, of most individuals today involves many minutes spent in front of a mirror every morning, keeping up their image, keeping up their looks. And perhaps what, what has caused mo- modern culture's obsession with the physical appearance ties directly with the world's entertainment craze and where too many people are, 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 you know, fascinated with movie stars, with, with social celebrities and sports icons. Hollywood and the media have, have skewed uh, the, the ideas and patterns uh, of attractiveness in our modern culture. How many know that? How many know that the Hollywood has made love not look like love, has made it something dirty, has made it something that is not according to what love really is? And if only people would spend the same amount of time obsessed with the spiritual appearance of their souls. And, you know, while, while many are, are caught up in personal appearance issues, their souls are, are shriveling in dire want of spiritual nourishment. The, the, you know, the real truth of today's lesson is that man's, mankind's existence is not only uh, one of the physical being, he is also a spiritual being with eternal ramifications. That it, it's not just this present world that, that should concern us, but it should be the eternity that is at our doorstep, at every step of our lives. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed the day after. So each day that we live, we should live uh, with, with eternity in mind. And every person is destined to die physically. How many know that you're not going to live forever, at least in this present world, physically? Uh, according to Hebrews 9 and 27, but... Uh, his spirit shall forever uh, live somewhere. Uh, we have, you know, we have, made, we have been made spiritual beings in the image of God and should contemplate uh, with care uh, that we're giving to our souls. It should be just as much of a desire for us to feed our souls and to take care of our souls as, as it is in the physical. And, and what preparations are you making to affect uh, your eternal salvation? 
that is the question this morning. What, you know, what, what are you investing? What inv- investing in this world? Is it always the physical? Is it always the, you know, tomorrow that is on your mind? But is the eternal really in your heart? Is the eternal really in your mind? Uh, God made uh, man a dead man. You know, when He created him, He put together some clay, and He, uh, and when He first created him, the, the, the uh, Adam was just a. Uh, just an empty shell, a lifeless form made from the dust of the ground. However, Adam did not remain without life, for the Bible says that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. This man was not a living soul until he received creative breath of God. And although this lesson will cover the creation of mankind in the image of God, we will also emphasize the importance of understanding that uh, that that. Uh, uh, that it was the, the God's breath that gave Adam life. That it was the it was the very breath of God that that entered into our souls that gave us life and made us different from the rest of God's creation. Uh, you know, this is a classic example of the invisible um, uh, animating the, the visible. The appearance of the lifeless body of Adam was changed very uh, little physically by the infusion of life. But uh, you know, the the breath of life made all the difference. In Adam's existence, you know, there's nothing that changed physically when God breathed the breath of life into him. But but when he did, he became a living soul. He became something that is separated from every other animal, from every other creature, from every other creation that God has ever made. And aren't you thankful that you have life in your life, in your heart, that you have that you can feel, you can you can foresee, you can you can have faith, you can have belief in, in God. You you can be on the same level uh, with God. And, and, and the, if you desire the spiritual to be part of your life. And the, the answer, you know, is, it is interesting that, uh, that God made mankind in His image. And, you know, yet God made no physical image until He became flesh at Bethlehem. Uh, Colossians 1 and 15 states that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Later in the same letter, Paul proclaimed that for, for in Him, meaning Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. According to Colossians 2 and 9, how then could mankind be made in the image of God thousands of years before Christ's birth in Bethlehem? And, you know, and the answer is, is, it seems clear that Almighty God created mankind in, in His image as a spiritual being with, with a rational and moral nature. And uh, further, God impaired, uh, imparted to mankind characteristics and qualities that are similar to his own. That's what makes him different from, from every other creature, that, that there are certain characteristics and qualities that, that we possess that, that no, no animal, no, no angel possesses. There's something special about us. And, and, and we are we're well to take note of that and, and to exercise those qualities and those uh, Characteristics in our lives. Um, let's look at the first characteristic and uh, the quality of of the deity. And you know, not only were we made with human body, but uh, we were made in the in, in the image of God's deity. Uh, to to have only the physical imprint of in the flesh would have left us merely as animals that uh, possess a physical body, as as, as did Jesus. But uh, however, this is not the case because we received a divine imprint that has left us with qualities that resemble our, uh, resemble our Creator. One of those divinely impar- uh, imparted qualities is creativity. 
God has made us to, to have a creative spirit, creative mind, creative desires within us. That's why we're able to invent things. That's why we constantly are looking to, to better our lives, constantly looking to, 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 to make our lives more interesting, to create new things that would uh, make our lives easier, make our lives more, uh, more, more pleasurable, happier, and joyful. Um, and this is really, uh, you know, a, a quality of of, uh, of of our Creator. That this is, you know, we are different in in, in our creation from God. That uh, we still have to use something that God has created initially to to be able to create something. Rather, when God can create something out of nothing, God is able to, and He did. He spoke the worlds into existence. He spoke everything that exists by his word so he created the worlds the bible says from nothing but we're a little bit different and uh you know in in that we we are still have that creative spirit within us and you know we're substantially different from god and but perhaps it would be more accurate to say that he left his imprint on us you know he uh just as uh as a craftsman you know that uh that makes something with his hands, a woodcarver or a carpenter. He, uh, you can tell a work of an artist by, by the way uh, you know, his character is. You, you can tell the tones of the colors in, in paintings. You can tell how the wood was carved. You can tell uh, the imprint of that, uh, of that craftsman. And, and it, so it's the same with us, that God has, has literally impressed his, uh, his, his imprint, his fingerprints. You could say the fingerprints of God. We, we see it not only in creation, but we see it in us every day of our life. Every time we have a great thought or a great idea, that came from God. That God gave us that ability. Every time we dream of the impossible, every time we think of, the, of, of things that can improve our lives and, and, and make us better, better people, that, that comes from God. That desire has been implanted there by our Creator. And as Creator, uh, God made things out of nothing, as I mentioned. John wrote... All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made, in John 1 and 3. And in a letter to, his, uh, to the Colossians, Paul added, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or, or powers. All things were created by him, for him, and uh, he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And since nothing existed before, before him, we know that he made everything out of nothing. That was uh, creation at the highest level. And uh, as I mentioned, we are not capable of that, and we, we use what God has already created. But that's still, you know, we, we still have that creative vein within our lives. Aren't you thankful for that? That you're not just a, an animal that is driven by his instincts, but you are made specially in, 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 in such a wonderful way fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, that you have creative thoughts. And, and God help us. God help us to be creative. God help us to, to not only be, be so dulled by the media of this world and, and, the, and the, you know, everybody else thinking creatively for us, but God help us to, to, to read books, to, to, to study, to show ourselves approved, and, and to exercise our minds, exercise that creative power that we have within us. God help us to not be entrapped in this world that, that, that provides everything, that steals that creative power in our lives. Hallelujah. I think we... we I'm going to move on. But I think you understand that, that, that this is something, this is a quality that we should, 
we should value very much. That, and, and if we're not careful, the world will steal that from us. And we will, you know, why, why is it that our kids are, don't have the span of attention? Why is it that our kids are not able to sit in front of a, a teacher for more than five minutes and listen to it? Because we have allowed things in our lives that take away the creative thought. They're not able to sit down for hours and draw and, and be creative and, and, and exercise that, that creative gift that, that is within us. You know, we stuck them in front of televisions and in front of movies and in front of video games. And, and you know, they, they have ADHD, ADHD, thank you. You know, they have no attention span. And we wonder why. This is, this is a real epidemic in our world. This is not something that, that used to exist just a century past, just 50 years ago. Something has changed, and I think each and every one of us knows what it is. And we, we need to be careful. We need to make our choices whether we want to continue in, in, in this direction. Or if we want to say, you know what, I don't want to allow the devil to steal that creative power in my child. I don't want the devil to steal that creative power in my life. But I want to continue to be in God's image. I want to continue to, to, to have some standards in my life that divide me and separate me from the things that, that, that steal that creative power in my life. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, because I believe that's true. <laughs> Hallelujah. Another quality that is very similar to the creative power is, is, or, or the creative ability that God gave mankind is imagination. And, and Oxford uh, Pocket Dictionary d- defines imagination as the f- uh, faculty of action uh, of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. The word imagination comes from the root word translated as image, therefore being made in God's image has given mankind imagination. This is the fa- uh, faculty that animals do not have. Although some animal behavior experts you know, disagree, animals cannot have faith. Uh, to have faith, one has to believe. To believe a person has to imagine, and imagination is more than, than an animal is capable of experiencing. Uh, obviously, faith is more than expressing imagination, but, but a person cannot believe without first imagining it. And again, I, I wonder how close really related our, our lack of attention and, our, you know, and, and the media, the, the, the role of the media and the entertainment uh, industry plays you know, in, 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 in our lives, in our faith. Why don't we see miracles, signs and wonders the way they do in the third world countries? Because they don't have DVDs out there with zoo. They don't have Netflix flown into their homes. They don't have television. They don't have Internet to occupy their time and, and, and constantly put those uh, creative images in front of us. And all, all, Everything that is imagined is already provided for us. We just sit in the neutral and we, we allow our minds to go in, into, into neutral. We have no I- imagination. We have no creative thought. God help us to, to not allow and to value that, you know, we, we, at some point down our lives we have to make a choice. Whether we want to continue allowing, allowing you know, the devil steal these things from us that, that God has so, so preciously put it in us. And you think that it's a circumstance? You think it's just a, uh, you know, uh, just a happenstance that, uh, you know, 
that the world is so full of, of media and of all these images and, uh, that are constantly feeding our minds. I don't think so. I think it's, it's a plan and a tactic of the enemy uh, to, to steal these very important facets of, of, of our creative um, existence and, and, and the imprint that God has put into our lives. Praise God. I'm going to move on. That's something to think about. Uh, you know, let's let's look at what what you know the the forward uh, to the image. You know, the, what's coming up as far as our image that, that is in God. Nevertheless, according to Romans four uh, five and fifteen fourteen, you can go ahead and bring that up. It says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was, that was to come. Although mankind was made in the image of God, we have not yet seen that image in its glorified fullness. You know, we were made in the image of God, but, but what is to come is still going to boggle our minds. As we look at ourselves and others, we can see that that which, which was patterned after God's image, yet we... Uh, we all long to see the completed work of manifesting the holiness and the character of God in their fullness, to truly be like Jesus Christ in all of His fullness and, and heavenly glory. That's something that we still have to look for. The Bible says that we look through the glass darkly, but we don't see the entire picture. Uh, we, we, we see the, the taste, we can have the taste of what, the, what it's going to be like in, in the future in heaven, but all of the glory of it is still to be revealed. Ultimate salvation will reveal the image of, of, of Jesus Christ and, and His believers. First uh, John 3 and 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And uh, Brother, Brother Smith read this this morning. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that we, when He shall appear, it shall be, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Why? Because He is in our image. When we see Him, we will see Him that He's truly our, in our image, and we will be like Him because we will take on the heavenly body. We will take on the, 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 the thing that we're actually looking for in, the, in this life. Paul explained to the Corinthians, uh, for, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. Although we are saved, from sin in this life, only in eternity we will realize the completion of our redemption. When we are finally and ultimately saved in heaven, our uh, observation of Jesus Christ and our fellowship with Him will be without limitation. There's not going to be a limit to, to our access to God. God is not going to be a God far off, but at any moment that we want to speak to Him, any moment we want to be in His presence, we can be in His presence. We, uh, the Bible says that there's not going to be a Son because He will provide the light. He will be everywhere. He will be our God. He will be our creator. We will be in His image. And we will have access to the joy and the power and the glory of God in its fullness. Aren't you thankful for that? Praise God. I don't know about you, but I want to make it to heaven. I want to make my life pleasing to God so that one day He can say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Judgment will reveal the image of Jesus Christ as well. And, you know, the righteous judge of the whole earth will, will judge those that live according uh, to, to their passions. And, and the book of Revelation declares that every person will see him. doesn't matter whether you believe him or not. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
doesn't matter whether you're an atheist, it doesn't matter whether you're agnostic or you're not sure whether God exists or not, one day you're going to bow to Him. One day you're going to see Him in all of His glory. And I don't know about you, but I want to settle that matter right now. And I want to, Him to judge me right now instead of being judged at that day. And that can happen through the new birth. That can happen when you come to this altar and you, you ask God for forgiveness and you repent of your sins and, and you give your life to God and you are baptized in the waters of baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And the Bible says that you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you utterance. That will judge you today so that you don't have to be worried about being judged in the future. I would rather be judged by a merciful God today than taking my chances once I see Him face to face. Because it is only when we are born again that the blood of Jesus Christ covers our our lives and we are free from our transgressions and our sins. Hallelujah. Fortunately, a believer has the opportunity to allow God to judge his sins in, in this life and to deal with them through the new birth and enabling him to anticipate the coming of the Lord with joy. You know, so many people they they, they you know they know about God, they know the truth, but they, they choose to, to wait till the last minute, to wait till they're older, to wait till they, they, they have things together in their life. And I guarantee you they're they're not happy or they're they're not, you know, exactly joyful about uh, thinking about the coming of the Lord. There's, you know, and especially when the saints of God begin to pray for those people, and, and you know, I think they 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 feel very, you know, they, they lose peace, they lose joy that that each and every one of us of us has. And I I would rather be in the church. I would rather continue living for God each and every day, with a joyful anticipation of His coming. Praise God. Consequently, every believer eagerly awaits the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And a great part of that excitement is the anticipated uh, anticipated revelation of our God. Every worshiper wants to see the object of his worship. And the song, Just to Behold His Face, expresses so well the desire of every believer. All that I want up in heaven is just to behold His face. Although, you know, we're looking forward to seeing the image of God, we must be patient. You know, even though we, we we have that anticipation in our hearts as believers to to see Jesus Christ in all of His fullness and all of His glory and all of His power, we must be careful in this life and in our walk with God, because if we're not careful, and and this has been proven over centuries throughout history, mankind's inability to see His God has been the motivation for idolatry. You know, that, that's why people have icons. That's why people have images of, of uh, the heavenly things, and, and the Bible says that those things are wrong, that we are not to have those. That is, that is the, one of the fundamental things, the, the very foundation of believers, of, of those that are called out to, be, uh, to serve the one true God, is that they are to take their God by faith, that they are not to, to have a picture of Jesus with long hair in their homes, I know it, it. It may be you say, well, that's that's you know, I I, I like to have something like that. It reminds a good picture, but you know, I, I think it's kind of hypocritical. And the Bible says that you know, I would rather have a, a, something in my mind 
I would rather have the images uh, from the pages of Scripture, of him going to Golgotha, of him having his beard plucked, of him uh, you know, realizing that, that Scripture says that it is shame for a man to have long hair. You know, th- th- he's not going to be contradictory to Scripture. I would rather have my own image in my mind and exercise that imaginary creative part of my mind than to believe Picasso or, or, or Michelangelo or any other uh, Catholic uh, artist. You know, it, we have to be careful, you know. So, so many times we, we look for, you know, for, for God, an explanation of God, and, and we, we want to be closer to God, but uh, we, often we, we turn to idolatry. And, and that, is, that is, as I mentioned, that is the very foundation of, of, our, of our faith, is that thou shalt not have, it's one of the commandments, thou shalt not have any other God before you or any image or, or likeness thereof of, of things in heaven or things uh, of things in heaven. So God help us to, to, to have imagination. God help us to go to the Scripture and find out the image of God for ourselves. Praise God. You know, humans molded, carved, and, and hammered, uh, hammered out images for centuries so that they could see their deities and bow down to them. You know, when Israel was in the wilderness awaiting Moses uh, to, to come down for, from the mountain, they, they succumbed to the, to the same desire. They, you know, they, just because Moses was gone for 40 days, they couldn't wait, and, and they right away turned uh, and, and melted their gold that they brought from Egypt, and they, and they made them a molten calf, a golden calf, and they began to worship it and say, these be the gods that brought us out of Egypt. How easily we forget what God has done for us, how easily we can forget that, uh, you know, that, that God has delivered us, that God has set us free, that God has given us new life, and begin to worship every other thing that comes along and say, well, you know, that was good for, for back then, that, you know, that, that saved me from a miserable life that I was heading down the road of destruction. You know, that was great that God saved me back then, but, you know, I, I, I'm going to go and do my own thing now. That's exactly what the children of Israel did. You know, they took for granted all the miracles, all the signs, all the wonders that, that he did for them in the wilderness and uh, parting the sea and, and, and destroying the Pharaoh and, and all, you know, the, the, the pillar of, of, of fire by day and uh, by night and the pillar of smoke by day. We, you know, we, and we, we need to be able to, to remember what God has done for us. And, and, you know, we need God each and every day. It's not just a one-time experience. It's not good enough for you to come to the altar and receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name and say, well, that was good. That felt good. I'm, I'm going to go and do my own thing now. And I, you know, I see that so much. And it, uh, I don't understand it because... How, how can you take that for granted? How can you, how can you, you know, come to, to the knowledge of the truth and, 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 and just chuck it aside and, and, and to go on to, with your own thing? God, help us to value what God has done for us because it, it costs God everything. It costs Jesus Christ, His, his blood, His life, His humili- humiliation. And uh, I, don't, I don't ever want to take that for granted. I want to live each and every day of my life to, to be pleasing and to looking for that image of, of His fullness of glory. Amen? Praise God. Let's look at the, the, the image of Jesus. The, uh, Colossians 1 and 15 says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? You know, uh, not only is Jesus made, uh, uh, not only is Jesus all the fullness of God, but He is also all of God that we can see. 
You know, Paul declared to the Colossian church that in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You know, the Godhead is, is the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It consists of those, and it consists, it, it's all of, all of God. That's everything that God is, is the power in the Godhead. But there are many references to the three uh, in the Scriptures. However, we must understand that nowhere in the, in, in the Scripture do we find an indication of a trinity of persons. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are, are, are three representations. They're merely uh, manifestations of the one true God. Jesus Christ is the only visible image or, or expression of God. The Bible says that no man has ever seen God and lived. Moses tried, and he was stuck in the middle of a rock to be able to see it. And then his face shone for days, and he only saw the back parts of God. And that was before Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the only representation of, of the living God that we have because it was, it was him. It was, he was in the bodily form and we beheld his, him and, and, and the glory that came with him as of the only begotten of the Father. He was the only representation of the living God. While on Isle of Patmos, the, the Apostle John actually looked into heaven and saw you know, the number of persons on the throne in heaven. And guess what he saw? Was it, was it three thrones that he saw and for each person of the Godhead? Okay. Well, let's make sure. Revelations 4, 1 through 2. Let's, let's bring this up so there's, there's no question that we're just making this up. After this I looked and beheld a door, and behold, a door was open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show the things which must be hereafter. And, and at, immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and three set on the throne. And, and two set on the throne, and third was, was, was a bird up in the heaven. And And what? And one sat on the throne. When we look to heaven, when we see the forthcoming glory of the Lord, we see that there is only one throne. There are not three persons. There are not three uh, parts of God. But there is one God. One God. And Jesus is the only physical representation of that one God. He is fully God and He is fully man. When He died, He became the image of God in, in the regenerated form, in, in, the, in, the, in the heavenly body. And He is forever a, 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 a appropriator of our sins. He is forever the, uh, the inter intercessor on our behalf. Praise God. Aren't you thankful that you know the truth? Thank the Lord. Jesus clearly stated that He saw only one person on the throne. And in the same chapter, four beasts around the throne shouted, Holy, Holy, Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. In the 11th verse of the same chapter the, the twenty uh, four elders cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, and hast created all things, and for thy pleasure were they created. This was speaking of Jesus. The, the, the first verse of the Bible declares, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1 and 1, and in reference to the word manifested in the flesh, in, a, in reference to the word manifested in the flesh, Jesus 
Jesus Christ, John wrote, All things were made by him, and without him was not made, anything made that was made. So it, Jesus created all things. Jesus was the one that created the world. He was the one that, that was there in the beginning. It wasn't a separate person. It wasn't a separate uh, deity. But it was the same God. Hallelujah. Genesis 2 and 7 says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed the, uh, into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Scripture says that a man became living soul, and when God breathed life into mankind, he breathed, uh, the breath was the spirit. And the word breath translates from the Hebrew word meaning wind, breath, or spirit. And we, we see then that the combination of flesh and spirit provided the basis for the first man to, be, uh, to become a living soul. It took the breath of God. It took the, the, the very essence of God to, to make us living, to make us a living soul. Uh, it is interesting that scientists have still not been able to unlock the, the mystery of life. They, they still cannot create life. They still can't reproduce it in their labs. Even, uh, and some have tried, and they've skewed uh, you know, their, their experiments and, uh, you know, but they, they still cannot understand where life came from. You know, they, they can theorize about the Big Bang, but where did the Big Bang start? Where, where was the power that came to, in order for the Big Bang to happen? So, and, you know, Sister um, Troxel did an excellent job talking about that last, last Sunday morning. And, you know, but, but mankind can, can neither solve the mystery of life nor, nor create life. And, and for, for, uh, for life is spirit, and God is the eternal spirit without beginning and end. And it is not surprising that mankind always fails whenever he attempts to unlock the secret of life. It's just not going to happen. Man does not possess spirit in order to give life. And, you know, we are, with, with that, we are a unique creation aside from all, all other creations. And uh, Hebrews 2 and 7 says, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thine hands. Not only did God crown men's, mankind with glory and honor, but he also stated, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the uh, fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. And over the cattle of, uh, and over all the earth, um, with every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God not only gave us, uh, made us in His image, but but He gave us uh, authority and dominion in this earth. You know, animal activists do not uh, place mankind at uh, at a more uh, important level than than the animals. You know, however, not only did God uh, place mankind over the animals, but He also said. And the fear of you and the dread of you uh, be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon a, uh, all that moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea. In your hand are they delivered. And this is a scripture that I told my wife yesterday. And every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given all things to you. Praise God. So for all of you that think eating meat is wrong, my wife does not, by the way. I'm, I'm, I was just teasing with her. I never give up on her. So, um, she just doesn't like the taste of meat. Okay, <laughs> it's been 12 years since she's tasted it. It's, it's gross to her, and I think that's all right. I think it's a small price to pay. Praise God. Somebody make sure to tell her that. I, I need some brownie points. Praise God. 
So, you know, but it's it's so it's so sad that, you know, I, I I'm a I'm a animal lover. I love I have two dogs and I and I love my dogs. I'm a dog lover lover if you want to call me that, but you know, I I enjoy the company of of pets, but um you know, I think there's something wrong when we think of animals the same way that we do of people when that that we you know I think it's wrong for us to to get emotionally involved and 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 you know uh, have have uh, you know ha- be so involved in in saving animals or or preserving animals uh, when when we have no desire to see the lost saved when when our passion after the animals and and the cruelty against animals is more uh you know more passionate than our passion to see the lost saved the lost because you know the bible says that the animal that uh, you know that that the spirit of of an animal will go into the earth you know they don't have a, a living soul like like men do and but the the bible says that the that the spirit of of man will go up to god whom gave it so you know the, the animals are very different from from our uh you know from from us and 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 we are set apart and it doesn't mean that we need to be mean to them it doesn't mean that we need to be cruel to them that i think that you know cruelty goes along with all the other evil uh things that that uh you know uh, as uh, even sometimes has been linked to murder and and tendencies for murder and things like that for anger but but we have to realize that uh that you know it is a natural affection for us to think of the animals the same way that we do of, of people or even more, you know. And, and that is such a trap that we have in our world and it's pulling at people even in our churches that, you know, that, that and, you know, th- this world is, is, is presenting things, you know, of, of an environment. I believe that we should take care of our environment. I believe that we should be good stewards of what God has given us. You know, I don't think we should litter out in the highway. I don't think we should we should be slobs, and I don't think we should, um, you know, we should try to recycle and not fill our landline, you know, uh, uh, you know, fill all the, the trash with uh, our earth with trash. But at the same time, I understand that uh, you know this earth is temporary. That this earth is only going to be here for so long, and you know, God has God has made it such and. Uh, you know, for us to to be more passionate about saving the world than it than for us to saving souls is wrong. The Bible calls it as a natural affection. It, it is, uh, you know, if you read Second uh, Timothy three, it's it's listed along with with all the other signs of the end times. And so it's not, you know, it's not strange that we're seeing the green movements today. It's not strange that we're seeing such a pressure um, in our government and in our society to to go green and to all of that. And I believe all of that. I believe we should conserve energy. I believe that we should, you know, uh, try to be good stewards. But, but again, I, you know, we, we have to be careful because uh, so much of the political world is, uh, is placing emphasis on, on, on the, ecolo- uh, you know, on an environment and they're putting their agendas through along with, with their uh, push for uh, going green and, 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 you know, uh, dedicating money towards, uh, uh, saving resources. So that's a you know, and the Bible actually foretells all of those things that that this will happen. So God help us to keep a balance between those things. God help us to to understand that we are set apart, that we are a special creation and unique creation. Praise God. And uh, let's read Hebrews 
2, 16 and 17, that beautiful portion of Scripture says, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Therefore in all things it behooved him that he made he be made unto his brethren, that he might be merciful and, and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for sins of the people. So even Jesus chose to be like us in order to save us. He did not want to be in an image of angels or, or, uh, or, or animals, but, but he chose to be like us. Um, you know, we, the other thing is that we have an eternal destiny. Not like the animals, they, you know, the, we are we are immortal. We, uh, you know, when we our our work is done here in the earth, when our life is over, we will go somewhere to spend eternity somewhere else. And perhaps we should examine some of the scriptures that um, under, underscore this truth. Uh, first, uh, Daniel 12 and 2. Go ahead and bring that up. It says, and many of them that slept in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. John 5 and 25 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is, when the, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. John 5:29 says, And shall come forth, and they that have done good unto the resurrection of the life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So, one day we're going to awaken from our sleep and we're going to be either in paradise and, and find life again or we will be in the resurrection of, of damnation. I don't know about you, but I want to be in that number. I want to be in heaven. I want to walk with Jesus Christ and see Him in all of His glory. Death is a destination for, for both animals and people, but you know for all creatures that shall die, that, that die, they go to the grave. But you know the only advantage relative to death mankind enjoys over animals is is their final destiny, the upward destination of man's mankind's spirit, and versus the downward direction of the animal's spirit to the earth. Uh, the other thing that really um, you know, helps us understand that uh, how important the image of God is, is 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 the plan and the purpose that God has put into the earth and in our lives. When Adam and Eve sinned, God had to institute the plan for their salvation. And aren't you thankful for that? When when God aborted the initial plan for mankind, which was to live forever and to uh, to enjoy the his his company and his presence forever. Uh, in, in fullness of joy and peace, but you know, since we sinned, uh, he had to su- uh, substitute an alternative plan in the, the incarnation of a savior uh, to redeem the fallen. And it was the Almighty God that became uh, flesh Himself and shed His own blood to atone for all sin. And not only did God authorize uh, and institute the plan for mankind, but He created a purpose for Him as well. You know, he didn't just leave us in the, on this earth to to just wander around for nothing. But but uh, he he has a very specific purpose in our lives. And uh, Paul referred to to this purpose in the book of Romans, 
He said, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. So there is a purpose. So there is something that God is desiring from us. And, and if, uh, if the theory of evolution were accurate, mankind would be on this planet without purpose or plan. And w- what a miserable existence. You know, what a, and no wonder so many you know, of us turn to drugs and turn to alcohol and turn to every other uh, you know, sinful thing and, and the, that it would destroy our lives. You know, if there's nothing to live for, then why not just party your way through? And, you know, does that sound familiar? Is that, you know, every one of us heard that at some point in life and, and probably thought that, that, you know, that we're not going to be here forever, so we might as well enjoy the ride? But at some point in our lives, we realize that God has a greater purpose in our lives, that there really is something, you know, that, 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 is, that, is, that is more for us to do than just to, to exist and just to party and just to have a good time but that there is a plan that has been working for eternity in the the very heart of God for each and every one of us. And that is one of the most powerful things that can help us to to, to draw people out of this world, to make them realize that that they're not without a purpose and lost in this world, but they have, that there is a wonderful purpose of God to to see them, uh, you know, saved and and delivered from, 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 from their sin and to see that there's, there's an eternity, that there's a, there's a plan that God has put into place for their life. And to become part of that purpose can make all the difference in, the, in, the person's, in a person's life. You know, our, our youth is, is looking for a purpose. Our, you know, uh, they're full of energy, they're full of life, and, uh, you know, I, I, it's, somebody is going to direct their purpose. Somebody is going to direct their energy, and, and they might as well be you and it might as well be me. It might as well be, and you know what, it takes so little effort on our part. If we would only step out out of our comfort zones, and, and, and you know, I know we have busy lives, I know we have, you know, things to do in our lives, but if we would, you know, t- open our eyes and just for a little bit of time pay attention to, to that Sunday school kid or to, 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 to a youth that's sitting here each Sunday instead of, ridiculing them and, and, you know, talking bad about them or anything else. Not that we ever do that, but, you know, somebody is going to put influence into their life. And it, and it's, it's, it doesn't take much for, for somebody. It, all, it, all it does is somebody to, to bring them a DVD or somebody to, to give them a tape or somebody to give them a, uh, you know, uh, a, a movie to, to watch and, and, and their influence or a book to read and their, and their mind begins to go that direction. What would happen if each and every one of us took, took ownership and took the, you know, the purpose of, of uh, helping our, our, our youth and our children to, to be raised in a godly environment and to, and to encourage them with a word of comfort and a word of encouragement and say, you know what, there's a purpose for your life. God has more for you than, than just your, uh, you know, what, what you think is, is important right now. You know, give, give, let, pat them on the back, embrace them, and friendship, befriend them. Let them know that, you know, be their mentor, be, be, be there for them when they need you. And it, like I said, it does not take much. You know, we, our children are easily influenced, and somebody will influence them. And I, I would rather be at me or, or someone in, in the church than, than, than this world. Praise God. the Lord. I want to hurry. We 
We have about 15 minutes. Uh, the I want to go ahead and skip to um, you know being complete in 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 Christ. We you know that that's another benefit of that, that we have when we come into the knowledge of God. The Colossians 2 and 10. Go ahead and, and turn there. It says and we are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Uh, at each stage of believer's spiritual and eternal de- development, God has always been ready to supply the dynamics for His need, uh, His needed supernatural uh, metamorphosis. In other words, you know, every time we we want to grow spiritually, every at every stage of our spiritual growth, God is willing and ready to supply us with all the power and all of the resources that we need to begin to draw closer to God and begin to develop as a Christian. And, you know, individuals approach him in, in, in their carnal state, but he uh, ably provides them with what they need to transition into the new spiritual state through regeneration. You know, each time we come to the altar, there, there's ministry that is here to pray for you. There's, God is able to, to, to change your character. God is able to change your, your, your sorrow into joy. God is able to, to deliver you from, from pains of, of depression and the pains of, of uh, you know, insecurities and all those things. And, you know, God, uh, when I came to God, I was a mess, most of you know. But, you know, and it took, it took years of, of me being restored spiritually as well as, as uh, mentally and emotionally. You know, for me to, to do what I'm doing today, you know, I guess 10 years ago would have been uh, unthinkable. You know, I, I won't kill members, and, you know, I, I, I was so backwards. I, wouldn't, I couldn't carry a normal conversation with a person. I was so, you know, worried about what people think about me, and I had to have a certain image. I had to look just the right way. But when I was made in the image of God through, through the new birth, when God has delivered me from my own self, from my own sin, and filled me with the Holy Ghost, I realized that I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to be pleasing to this world. I don't have to be pleasing to my so-called friends. But I can be myself. I can realize that I am being pleasing to God, and that's good enough for me. And that is the greatest thing that has ever happened in my life. And that's what makes me, makes me complete. You know, I, I no longer have to sit and, and worry about, uh, what, you know, what, what people think about me or worry about, you know, fitting in. I'm, I'm, I fit in just fine. I'm part of the body of Christ. You know, this is the better family that I've ever had in my natural life. And, you know, I love my regular family, but, you know, the, the, the family that I have as the body of Christ is the most precious and, and, and great thing that, that God has ever given me. And it can be the same for each and every one of us. If we would put away our differences and quit bickering about every little thing and, and embrace our brothers and sisters and realize that we are on our way to heaven, that there's nothing that can stop us and, and that we can enjoy our, our, our road to heaven. Praise God. So there's, there's, we're complete in Christ. Each time we need a spiritual change in our lives, you know, God provides exactly what we need to make that change. You know, in the sense from... From the moment of the new birth experience, believers are always uh, complete in Christ. He makes us whole. Aren't you thankful for that? He, he restores our, our, our mind. He restores our spirit. He restores our, our heart. You know, He takes away the depression. He takes away the questions of life. And He lets you know exactly, you know, uh, how, how awesome is it to walk 
in this world and realize the purpose of God, the purpose of living in this earth, having all of the answers right in front of you. I mean, the church is such a treasure that, you know, how many, how many places can you go and receive what you received here this morning? And week after week, Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday morning, to receive the wisdom. And, and you know, Brother Robertson has been teaching on, on, on the Proverbs. And, you know, uh, people spend thousands and millions of dollars uh, to, uh, to, on, to, on sessions to, to self-help and, and through, um, you know, psychological help and all these things. But, but we have that each and every week. Each and every one of us have access to the answers. And as we read Scripture, we realize the purpose and the plan of God. And, and we're made complete. There's a, there's a feeling of completeness. There's a peace that comes with that that I, I don't think anything can compare to. Aren't you thankful for that? Would you raise your hand and just thank the Lord for that? Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. You know, mankind simply does not possess the ability to complete to be complete within himself. It's just not given to man to, to have that feeling. You know, we, we talk a lot about how when we were in the world, we would walk around with a hole in our heart that, that nothing can fill. And then so we would try to fill it with drugs. We would try to fill it with, with alcohol. We try to fill it with relationships. And, you know, uh, until we come face to face with ourselves and realize the need for salvation and, and God fills us with his spirit, then we are complete. Then why why do people, uh, you know, why do we jump? Why do we shout? Why is there such a joy in our hearts when we're at church, when we're in the presence of God? Because we are complete. There's a completeness that has taken place. There's nothing else that we need. There's nothing else that, you know, there's there's no external entities that, that, that you know, that rule our emotions, that rule our joy, that rule our peace. But God makes us complete. God makes us everything that we need to be. Aren't you thankful for that? There's nothing that can compare to that. Hallelujah. So next time you see somebody jump, somebody shout, just realize that they're, they're complete. They're whole. Each time they, somebody gets up from the altar and, and they raise their hands and they, the tears of joy begin to flow, realize that, that God has completely filled that void. God has completely filled that, that person's life. With, with completeness, with, with joy, with peace. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and you haven't experienced that, this morning is your, is, is your chance. You know, Psalmist David declared, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know, to be saved, we need, we need a Savior. And to be complete, we need a completer. Jesus is that completer. You know, it, it is just not given to man to possess a completeness within himself you know he we and that's proven so many times you know we live in a world that that is most advanced in terms of technology and in terms of knowledge you know knowledge has increased over the past 50 years exponentially to the point you know for thousands of years the amount of knowledge that people have gathered we have gathered in just the past 50 years and you know we have technology that that blows our minds we have you know, uh, ways ways of uh, extracting resources out of the ground and and making food and all these things. But yet, we're still most miserable, and we still have more wars and more hunger and more pestilence in in, in our world than than ever before. And the Bible says that that will continue to to increase as as the coming of the Lord nears. Why is that? Why is it that we don't have a perfect government? You know, so many. 
So many men have tried to make a perfect government. Hitler tried to eradicate all the people that were bad and or you know that weren't exactly perfect. You know, uh, Napoleon took off took up most of the world. Uh, you know, Genghis Khan. You know, he he conquered worlds. He uh, Alexander the Great. You know, he he conquered most of his known world by the time he was 31 years old. You know, but yet there's still no perfect government. We have gone through revolutions. We've gone through French Revolution. We've gone through Renaissance Revolution. We've gone through, you know, the Bolshevik Revolution with communism. And, you know, but yet we are still incomplete. And why is that? Because it is, we, it is not given to us to govern ourselves. It's not given to man to control his own destiny, his own life. You know, we, we say, well, I am, I am the man of my own life. I will make my own decisions. Do you really? Each decision you make will either cause you to serve God or the devil. You don't serve your own self. Decisions that you make, you either make in order to be closer to the world and to fit in in the world, which, by the way, will let you down someday, and you will fall and, and be hurt. So you might as well just give your heart to God and say, Lord, I want to be in your image. Lord, I want to be complete in you, Jesus. Lord, I want to be a part of your church. I want to be on my way to heaven. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. I realize that outside of God, I am not complete. Outside of God, I am not able to, to rule my own life, to rule my own spirit. But when I am in Christ, when I have been born again, when I have been walking with God on my way to heaven, there's a completeness, there's a wholeness that happens, there's a healing, there's deliverance that, that is part of my life each and every day. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands and let's thank the Lord for that. Thank You, Jesus. We thank You, Lord, for Your Word. We thank You, Jesus, that You have made us complete, that You are God and we are made in Your image, Lord, that we are not like the animals, we are not like the angels, Lord, but You have made us unique and special, Lord. You made us, O Lord, a little lower than the angels, God, but we are complete in You, Lord. We are, O Lord, part of Your kingdom. We are part of Your, O Lord, plan. We are part of Your purpose, Lord, and help us to stay there. Help us to realize, Lord, that we are complete in You, Jesus, that we don't need to look for anything else. We don't need to fill our heart or our minds with anything else. But even anything, Lord, we should be able to, oh Lord, to, to fill our hearts more with You and be, draw closer to You and desire to be in Your image, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Would You give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Praise God. Praise God. Choir practice at